1: As always, thank you so much for hanging out with us today as we continue our interpretation of summer, summertime. (laughs) Uh, And the living is easy. It's not letting up. We are still continuing on our path of summer movies that aren't summer movies but are summer movies. This is going to wrap up For us, I think our summer, summer extravaganza, we will be calling this our last summer pick because I'm ready. It's fall, in my opinion. I'm ready for it to be fall. So it is um, officially
2: basically Halloween already. So
1: basically, Um, it's still hot. But am I going to wear a sweater? I don't know. Maybe I might try. <laughs> <laughs> I might try, um, but no. This is going to be our last summer pick, um, and in sticking with the tradition, shall we tie it in? Shall we let them? Oh be yeah, still? of
2: course. I really want to know how this movie
1: <laughs> ties in. Is
2: in fact, despite everything people may think, is actually in fact a, a summer movie. Erica, okay. how do we get here?
1: Okay. Summer. Hot. Heat. Sweating. Winded. Can't catch my breath. I can't breathe. I won't breathe. I don't breathe. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) Thank you.
2: That was good. That was good. You know, I was I was on the edge of my seat. Just waiting for us to get there and you know what you did not disappoint
1: thank you i i felt pretty good about it uh <laughs> earlier in the day and you know what i still feel pretty good about it um but yeah we're talking about don't breathe today and which is
2: exciting
1: which is exciting the sequel is coming out soon so we thought this would be the perfect time to talk about this movie it's I didn't realize this movie came out in 2016.
2: Yeah, it doesn't feel like it at all.
1: It doesn't. I don't know why I thought this movie came out like 2018 Mm -hmm. or or 2019 even. I don't know why I thought that. But imagine my surprise when I saw the year next to the movie title. I was like, granted though, it holds
2: up. It holds up very well. I could not tell when this movie was like how old it was just from watching it. Um, Mm -hmm. So that's always a good sign. So granted, I had not seen this movie before. So, you know, I was very happy that we were going to do it because I do want to go see the new one. Mm -hmm. And this was a very nice precursor.
1: I I, uh, Yes. So uh, let's just get into it because I have something that maybe you can help me discover. Mm -hmm. Um, But I am going to wait until after you do your synopsis to to lay
2: it on you. Oh, you can't do that to me. You know the suspense murders me, Erica. Come I, on now.
1: I know. I know. Uh but I love I love it. <laughs> I live off of the suspense. So, I will keep you suspended just for now.
2: All right. That all right. just
1: that means you have to nail the sooner you nail the synopsis, the quicker that you're out of suspense.
2: All right, I got you. No worries. <laughs> all right, homies. Let's 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 get through this. So that we can hear what Erica is holding in her secret bag of tricks. <laughs> Alright. So, homies, we are entering into spoiler territory. So, you have been warned. As we said before, we we're talking about Don't Breathe from twenty sixteen. Now, this one is directed and written by Fetty Alvarez, which you guys may remember from the Evil Dead remake. Correct me if I'm wrong, Erica. He was yes. the director.
1: Yes, he is the director of the Evil Dead remake, which if you homies haven't yet, you should go check out the episode that we did on that movie. Uh, We did it with uh, our fellow podcast, Two Chicks and a Horror Flick. But Mm -hmm. if you would like to hear our thoughts about a different movie of his, then please go check that out.
2: Very nice. But yes, so we have this directed and written by Fetty Alvarez with help from Roto Sayagas. And Robert Tapert and Sam Raimi Starring Jane Levy as Rocky Dylan Minnette As Alex Daniel Zavato as Money And Stephen Lang as Norman Slash The Blind Man
3: Meet the Wet Bandits I mean A group of young Detroit delinquents Who make a living Breaking into people's homes Rocky lives a harsh life with her mother and alcoholic boyfriend, with dreams of moving to California with her sister, Diddy. Alex is a security tech whiz with dreams of moving out of the Frenzo and money. Well, he really likes money. The group thinks they're in for an easy score when they find Norman, a blind war veteran with a large stash of cash hidden in his home. Unfortunately for them, there is more to this blind man than meets the eye. Insert home invasions, protective puppies, and inappropriate turkey basters here. Our film concludes with Norman. Defending his home, and our thieves defending their lives. Also, hello, darkness, my old friend. Roll credits. So. Yes.
1: Suspense over.
2: (laughs) Yes, please tell me. (laughs) Okay. What's in the
3: box?
1: (laughs) Um the bot. what's in the box is my own indecision unfortunately i you know what most of the time when we come into a recording i'm very very sure of how i feel towards a movie like Mm -hmm. whether i fall one way on the spectrum of not liking it or the other way of liking it which is not to say that there aren't meh films where i'm in the middle but i don't know what it is about this movie i can't figure out if I like it or not. And I'm hoping that our conversation will help me (laughs) like figure that out because I don't know what it is. I I you know it's like I feel like this movie is a movie that has some killer sequences that I really enjoy. Mm -hmm. But then other parts of it let me down in certain regards. And when I pile them all up together, I know it's not a bad movie. It's not a movie that I don't like. Right. But I guess I'm trying to decide if it's just a meh movie for me, uh-huh. or if I'm just overthinking things because that is a possibility. I could just be thinking about it too much. But okay. yeah, I don't know. I left it feeling unsure.
2: Well, all right, why don't we just start from the beginning and then mm-hmm. see if we can work our way through this together, right? Me, you, and the homies, we got this.
1: Yeah, thank you, so- <laughs> <the> homies.
2: <laughs> so why don't you let us know what's in your notebook, Erica? Start us off. Tell us where your mind started with this film.
1: I know I, I make this joke a lot about people like being dragged by, the, by their scalp, but we really do begin this film with someone being dragged by their scalp. <laughs> and it's a good it's a good opening. You know, it's one of those it's kind of one of those like foreshadow openings where you kind of see the fate of one of the characters that we will soon be meeting properly. But um, it leaves you to be unsure of where that is going to fall in the timeline because the person that he's dragging is very obviously Rocky. Who Mm -hmm. we will be meeting here in a moment. In very different circumstances, we will be meeting her.
2: (laughs) Yeah, it's always a bold move whenever a movie decides to start off with a foreshadowing scene like this where you're in the future, Um, because it it, it can be hit or miss, right? Like, sometimes it really puts you in the mood for the movie, Mm -hmm. kind of sets everything up, or it may give too many things away. It's always kind of like a toss-up in terms of, I think, how you end up feeling about it i personally was half and half like i enjoyed the way that it looked visually i thought it was very cool and i did like that it established this bit of fear of the main villain and i do villain with air quotes because we'll talk about that a little bit later Mm -hmm. Um, but it gives you this fear of this villain because you're like okay clearly we can see him doing something um Dane or he's got one of the main characters in a very I don't want to phrase this he's dragging one of the main characters by the dome you know so that really sets you up for like okay this man means business Mm. um so that part I did enjoy the part that I didn't like necessarily was I do feel like it's a little spoilery Mm -hmm. for an opening shot
1: right well, and I think the thing about this movie, which is uh, this is jumping a little bit into part of the thing that I don't like about this movie is I, I'm going to liken this to A Nightmare on Elm Street too, where mm-hmm. when you get Freddy into the real world, it's, he's not as scary, right? Like his power is in the dream. And so right. when he's in the dream, that's when you're like, oh, shit. Freddy's coming like you, you know, like that's when you're worried. But then if you bring him into the real world, you're like, "Eh, he's just a guy with a glove. And so I kind of feel the same way about this movie is that our, our main antagonist is and our main threat is this man, this blind man who lives in this house. And that's part of the appeal or the the threat is that he is so familiar with this house and his senses are so heightened within this house that you were at the disadvantage and seeing him outside kind of takes away the power for of him for me and so by seeing that at the very beginning i know eventually this movie is going to go outside and mm-hmm. i don't necessarily want it to like
2: oh uh, okay i do see, you see what i, I mean? see what you mean yeah yeah um okay no, I can, I can see that, and I think that kind of falls in line, too, with what I was saying with the spoilery parts, mm-hmm. is like, that, that is now on your brain. You know for a fact that at some point, the characters are going to leave this house, where when you actually get into the house, the big question is, do they make it out of this house at all? Right. And so it does kind of show its hand a little bit, because you know at some point, this Whirlwind of whatever violence we're about to be introduced to is going to take itself out of the main house and into the real world. I think the devil's advocate to that is that our main antagonist, as we've been talking about him, is a very complex character where leads to one of the things I love about the movie is how complicated and morally ambiguous that character actually is mm-hmm. because he is a very threatening strong character, but he's also very vulnerable too. like we do get to see both sides of him throughout the course of this movie. I think that's one of the things that I did enjoy is that we had a villain with a lot of different layers that we slowly had to peel away throughout the course of the movie.
1: Yeah, well, I think that the thing about this movie is definitely that everybody in this movie is a gray character. Mm -hmm. There is no good, there's no bad. There is still right and wrong don't get me wrong like when i say that there is still what is right and what is wrong but all of these characters fall on both sides of that spectrum in the sense of you can't really cheer for anybody in this mm-hmm. movie because the minute that you start cheering for someone uh you get slapped in the face so hard right. and then you're sat there feeling just so offended because you're like i was rude root- i was rooting for you we were all rooting for you, you like, were how dare you,
2: you <laughs> but you were supposed to stop the robbers not join them yeah,
1: yes like every single character in this is a bad person but uh, but you can't really clarify people in that way right i was like, gonna say it's
2: like can we really call them all bad people first se- like they're not, all
1: people they're humans <laughs> like yeah, literally they all
2: they all do bad shit for sure they all do bad shit um but i think that's where the that's where the conversation the nuance yes. comes from right is because like are they really bad because as you learn more yes. and more about them some of them are <laughs> some of them are. yeah some of them are uh but as you learn more and more about them like it makes you kind of question yourself a little bit more too
1: um, yeah. And it's one of those things where that is one of the strengths of this movie is that there are specific characters in this who do fall a little bit more on the um, protagonist side or fall a little bit more on the more innocent side. And there are certain characters that fall a little bit more into the okay. Yeah, you're the villain side. Yeah. But all of them have mixes of both. Because if you take a look at Alex, I think if you were to look at this through a movie lens, Alex is definitely set up as our hero, right? He's the most moral. He's the most, he seems the most conflicted by the situation that's going on. And when you put him up against the other characters, he definitely is the the one that you could see being fit into that, okay, yeah, he's who we're meant to root for
0: mm-hmm.
1: role, but I mean, Alex is still a character that is grown enough to make their own decisions and is choosing to rob people and mm-hmm. choosing to be a thief. And
2: it's like one big D&D alignment chart, <laughs> like yeah. masterclass. It's like, where where would I fit these characters? I think, you know, mm-hmm. Alex, maybe law and eh, neutral good, you know, uh. yeah.
1: <laughs> Yeah, definitely. Because I so if you look at our group, our main group, right away, you get a sense of kind of their their what their deal is when you first meet them, because we meet them in the middle of them breaking into a house. Yeah. And you can see so Rocky is, from my perspective, a person who seems very envious of the people that get to live the rich cushy life and the people that you know get to have that freedom that comes with money. She wants that life for herself. And she is striving for that because she does not have anything like that. Mm. And then you have money who just likes the thrill of it and thinks this shit is fun and likes what he can get from it but also likes fucking with people because he is having a ball destroying this person's house Didn't even though that's pee not on, there
2: on the fucking floor he, peed,
1: he did and you know what i'm glad it was pee because at first <laughs> i said i know this man is not jerking off in the dining room <laughs> oh my god but he wasn't it was just pee which is still just like don't disrespect me like that
2: yeah it's still my shit but don't pee on my house that's yeah don't mark your territory bitch is my yeah. territory get out of here
1: no yeah so he just loves the thrill of it And then you have Alex, who, this definitely seems like a job to him. Like, he's the most um, methodical. He's very much about working within the lines. Like, he's, you know, he is like, if we do this X, Y, and Z, this is the safest way of doing this. This is the best way of doing it. We get in, we get out, Mm -hmm. call it a day. And so you get these different sides of them but all together they are this band of (laughs) this band of thieves who are getting a little bit too big for their britches like you can tell that they are starting particularly with rocky and money they're starting to feel like they can get away with much more than they're capable of because don't get it twisted they are not professionals like They are not professionals, but they're starting to think that they can just get away with Jobs that they're not totally Qualified for and like (laughs) like they didn't put as much thought into as they should have.
2: Yeah, there's a lot of which uh, one thing I liked during the Original heist was we very quickly like you said got a little taste of everybody's style who they are just based on how they went through. And it was very interesting. I caught one of the first things that like Alex had said was like, keep it under 10K, which we Mm -hmm. find out that means later that if they keep it under that amount, that if they got caught, it wouldn't, it would be like a different, it'd fall under a different legal bracket, which is, you know, Mm -hmm. little shit like that is what shows you the different nuance in the characters. That's where we get all these like little trinkets of their personality from. And I think one of the biggest um consensuses about this movie and what it is is it's a it's a reverse home invasion movie in a way where we get established these characters who are the who are the robbers they're, they're a quirky group of delinquents um and then they like you said take on a new job that is much higher above their pay grade and even Alex is having reservations about it because he's like, yo that's a that's a lot of money. And we don't do money was I think his phrasing, right. where like, they don't want to have a paper trail, because they basically they steal people shit, they sell it to a third man who then pays them for the stuff that they steal. But for money and Rocky, that money that they're getting is being undercut and it's not enough for them anymore. Mm-hmm. So then they get this job, which leads us into the movie, um, which is stealing actual money from an old war veteran whose daughter was killed and then he got a settlement essentially.
1: Right. Yeah, they this to them this is like, oh, it's my last job and then I'm retiring,
2: mm, you know? It's, always, it's <laughs> yeah. always the one. It's always yeah. the one. It's always their last job, which I think is just honestly good writing is like if you're gonna jump in onto a heist movie, let it be the last heist. Yeah,
1: it has to have some stakes because it it helps you understand why they want to do it, particularly for Rocky. This is a big deal for her. She's trying to leave a horrible home situation. And not only her, she's trying to get her little sister out. And so this house She looks at this house and she just sees like a giant plane ticket that says Mm -hmm. one fucking way to California. And she's like, yeah, we're breaking into that house. But uh, this to So this is another thing that I, I do think this is very clever, right? Is that Alex's dad is a secure. He works in the security field and he installs security systems into homes. So they only ever rob houses that have that security system because Alex has the keys and for those houses that he steals the keys from his dad, but he has the keys for those houses and he knows how to disarm the alarms quickly. So that's mm-hmm. the pool of this house. So that aspect you're like, okay, I get that. You know, this probably does seem like a safe bet for them. But they know nothing about this guy. Besides the fact that he's ex-military, which already means he has training Mm -hmm. and that he's probably very alert to shit happening in his home, like, you know, and because they decide they have to rob the house while he's home because he's a recluse and money just thinks that oh, that's cool like everything's gonna be fine and dandy yeah
2: because so, i think like they like you said they're getting bold at this point i feel like yeah. for them they heard like war vet and they didn't think to themselves like oh this person's got military training or stuff like that like i, don't, I think they more so they register the fact that he's probably old as fuck so like even if things go wrong like it's an old dude like what's he really gonna do and They find out from spying on him for a couple days that he's fucking blind as well. So like a blind old dude, this is, this is easy money. Yeah, Uh,
1: yeah, and I mean money, like money did bring a gun because he even says like I'm not gonna go into ex military's home. Without a way to defend myself. So I think he put a little bit of thought into it. But he fails to mention that to anybody else. (laughs) Mm
0: -hmm. But
1: in the group. But so they get to the house. And then everything goes wrong immediately. Because Money. This is where his cockiness really gets the best of him. In more ways than one. First of all. Money knows that Alex has a crush on Rocky. And Mm -hmm. he's again, I didn't even realize that they were money and Rocky were dating. until Yeah,
2: I had no idea until that happened. I was like, okay. And he
1: said, that's my bitch. I said, who? (laughs) 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 Who is? Where? (laughs) (laughs) So I didn't even know that they were dating. Um, And so he has this weird like this weird thing with. Alex, where he always is trying to outman him and always make him feel less than. And then he also, yeah, thinks that he is indestructible because he gets in there, he turn, he's flipping all the lights on. He's like, mm-hmm. this is enough. And then they get into the house and they have to take their shoes off. Why did they take their shoes off and leave them inside the house like they were coming over for a late supper to their yeah. friend's house?
2: Yeah, they were there were a lot of mistakes made throughout the course of this robbery from the get. And granted, <laughs> yeah, they've done this a couple of times. But based on the way they were doing this, I'd be like, how many? <laughs> yeah.
1: i
0: need these a motherfuckers, list.
2: Like you said, flipping on the lights. They're, they're already talking before they've knocked yes. the dude out. It's like
1: they're talking. Well, and then Rocky breaks glass to get into the house.
2: Yeah, that was that was my that was my first thing that I wrote down um, in regards to that, I was like, yo, Rocky, that was not a smart idea. Like, in terms of trying to enter the house quietly, you have fully alerted. I mean, yeah, it's one dude, but he's fully, he's gotta be fully aware that you're in there. Right. That you broke glass. You, you got lucky <laughs> that he wasn't just waiting there when your yeah. ass slid through that window. You're
1: lucky he wasn't taking a little late night tinkle, because I'm pretty sure that was the <laughs> bathroom. But yeah, she breaks the glass to get in. Um, but... There there are some cool tracking shots uh, in this first sequence when they're first getting into the house. They do. uh, There's a very cool shot that kind of is following them. Each of them because each of them kind of goes a different path. They're all checking out the house and there's a cool tracking shot that follows each of them and then kind of goes up through the house goes into his bedroom and goes underneath the bed. So we see that there's a gun there. Like it's kind of mm-hmm. almost just planting little future things that are going to come up in the future. This is when we get the seeds planted. Because mm-hmm. as we're following through the house, we see different places that they end up hiding later, different weapons that they end up using later, which I really enjoyed. There are some there are some shooting, like some shots in this movie that, I wasn't a huge fan of and the biggest one that strikes in my mind is there's a lot of close ups in this movie, like zoom close ups to people's faces that were odd to me. But these tracking moments, I I do really enjoy these like broader moments where it's working with the sets Mm -hmm. and working to build the tension. I love those.
2: Okay, interesting. I didn't really pick up on any of the close-ups myself, to be honest.
1: Mm
0: -hmm. Um,
2: But in regards to the cinematography and all that stuff, uh, I I, I was definitely a fan of the POV that we got to take with the camera. Um, Mm -hmm. At first, I was a little off-put because I wasn't sure exactly what we were doing with it. Because a lot of times, the camera POV will be It'll specifically be something, right? Like either you're supposed to be a fly on the wall, you're supposed to be another character that's there, et cetera, et cetera. And in this one, it kind of felt like we were an invisible fourth robber who yeah. was just kind of seeing everything, like we kind of had that God's view of stuff. Um, and I like that because it 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 didn't hold on that the entire movie, like it definitely strayed away from that POV in different moments. But I like that that was for me, the through line for the camera POV was we were yeah. seeing the things happen from the perspective of somebody who might also be there. Um, I thought that was a very engaging way of pulling us into the story. And I thought it did lead for some really cool shots. Like you said, I loved I loved all the tracking shots and stuff when we established basically our horror fun house,
1: like this very first shot right where we really get to see norman where he wakes up wakes oh, up dude, but he's that, not really quite that shot awake. was terrifying to me that Ye- shot is great they have some great reveals in this movie that that play up into the jump scare it's their jump scares but they're not the normal kind because there's not really any sound cues with them because very much similarly to the way these characters have to watch how loud they are Um, the house you would expect to be fairly quiet. So when the jump scares come from him popping up out of nowhere and you're almost yeah, like almost an extra robber in the house turning and seeing him there and being like, oh shit, but not being able to make a noise or have any Mm -hmm. kind of release from that. You have to internalize that because otherwise you did
2: and they're yeah and they're good too they're good like n- normally i'm really good about picking out jump scares before they happen but they caught me with several in this movie there were several mm-hmm. times where i went oh my god he's right there
1: <laughs> yeah it, it, the first one that the one that honestly got me the the most was the the dog the one earlier when the dog jumped on the window
2: mm-hmm.
1: that one did get me i'm not yeah. gonna lie i won't lie to you It did. <laughs> um... yeah, to the truth. like <laughs> tell the
2: thing it. is like with Along with them writing and shooting it very well, it's also just Stephen Lang's, his energy, Mm -hmm. like within this movie and just like the energy that he brought to the character. It's such an interesting combination of fragile, like, because we do do get a little bit of like the fragile old man before shit hits the fan. Like we just see him kind of, you know, walking around with his dog. Even that it's a small moment when, um, money is sneaking into his room and he like kind of turns over to turn the tv off because he left it on which was on on his daughter's like birthday or whatever which yeah. was like was a good touch was, you know the little things that we do enjoy um but even just watching him navigate that like him like he was struggling to even just kind of like turn around you know like he had just old man mannerisms to him where you're like you already know going into this movie that this guy is dangerous But until he's actually dangerous, he doesn't play it like that at all. He just Mm -hmm. seems like an old man.
1: He's hustling them (laughs) because he definitely plays up the when he first arises and kind Mm -hmm. of has his confrontation with money. He's definitely playing into that. Oh, oh. No, like don't hurt me. I'm an old man. Yeah, he's definitely playing that up. And I think he probably knows can tell that money is a lot of talk and not a lot of action because Mm -hmm. money has the gun on him for a long time. And in a realistic situation, if you were going to shoot somebody, you would if you were going to shoot and kill somebody, you would have done it. I think he knows that. And so, yeah, he's definitely playing into that. You know, what was me? type of thing and he uses that to his advantage at least for this first kill and once again this is where money royally fucks himself because I don't think that I don't think things would have ended the way they did if money did not say that he knew what was in the basement because he thought the Mm -hmm. money was down there Mm
0: -hmm. and if
1: he didn't say that if he didn't say I know what's in the basement and I'm getting what's mine, or whatever the fuck he says. He probably, he might have been okay. He might have just got right. the shit kicked out of him and then been sent on his way.
3: Stay right fucking there. Don't you fucking move. Yeah, that's right. I know what's in there, and I ain't leaving without it. You got me? Now you do as I say, all right? Don't take one single step, all right? Huh? What, do you hear me or what what are you blind and deaf all of a sudden huh motherfucker i said stop i think you fucking heard me Hi. don't you move what the fuck are you doing you old man i'll
0: fucking
1: shoot you but once again you know he has to let his mouth run and he ends up paying the price for it but i do have to give it to him for lying and saying that he was the only person there. Like, yeah, that I'll was, give him his props for that. That was one. noble. That it was noble. noble or whatever. Like, that was a nice little final moment, you know. Shout, yeah. out, to, shout out to him. Poor went out for money, I guess.
2: <laughs> I guess. <laughs> so that's a great point that you brought up, though, and I didn't think about that is, yeah, that, that line holds a much different context after you finish the movie
0: mm-hmm.
2: um, than it does when you hear it, which again, like I got to give it up to Fede Alvarez. I I really enjoy the way that he writes and directs his foreshadowing for things. Mm -hmm. um, Because it's there and you do notice it. But what the way that they end up um, actually affecting the story later on, I think is very polished, and very smooth. And so I enjoy the little nuggets that he gives throughout the script and the movie. Because you're always kind of like, okay, when are we going to get to that? Where it's like, we get the shot of the hammer. We're like, okay, when are we going to use that hammer? We right. get the shot of the ducks in the house. Like, when are we going to be in there? You know, like, it, it's there. It's sprinkled on, but it's it's in your face. But also, it doesn't, like, slap you while it's there. It's just kind of hanging out, you know, just letting you know that it's around. And mm. you'll probably be seeing more of it later. Um, I like that approach. I like that approach, the foreshadowing.
1: Yeah, yeah, no, I, I definitely like that as well. And there are some great moments of things that happen where you say, okay, now I know that this is why they're not able to get out. Like, I, I will say, when you confine yourself to a house you or a central location, you do have to think cleverly to say, Okay, where do I go from here? How do I utilize my space? And how do I make it make sense that these characters are stuck here? Mm-hmm. And for the majority of the, this movie, I, I will say that that worked for me. Um, they really do do their best to try and escape, of course, besides this next moment where they kind of fumbled bag. But other than that, they really do do their best to try and escape. And every chance they get is just it gets messed up and yeah i do love the way that those sequences you know unravel and the way that everything unfolds Mm -hmm. but speaking of this next moment i would like to know your thoughts on this twist that gets revealed to us and what we find out about the old man
2: uh we're talking about in the basement that that portion
1: yes yeah
2: so I from the get <laughs> I was not expecting that at all. Mm-hmm. You know, when they when they went down to that basement and then we saw Homegirl, like chained up down there, I was like, "Oh, this turned very quickly." I think that what what did I write down? I said, "Um uh, as I, I just wrote that, that took a turn." Um because I was like, "I did not see that coming at all." Mm-hmm. And then as we learn more and more about who she was and why she was down there, I liked it. I liked the plot device. It gave us another reason why the characters didn't immediately get out of there when they could have. Um, they had to stop. And then it also, again, muddies our moral line that we're teetering throughout this entire movie because they've they've robbed this man. Um, Alex is now returned inside because he'd actually left. Um, and so they're trying to escape, but despite the fact that they've technically won, they've gotten the money, they may have lost money, but they got better money, but they still stopped to help this woman out. It just makes you, it makes the, the robbers, it gives them redeemable qualities that you can follow. And I think that helps for the overall character development. And I think it also gave us a nice extra layer to, uh, Norman as well because now he's officially no longer just the innocent old man who's being robbed by these people like he's got some shit going on and now that we see that i think it ups the fear factor a little bit because you're real now you're understanding what you're getting yourself into
1: right because now it's like okay he's a bad guy
0: Like, yeah,
2: we we, he's a person to be worried about,
1: right? Because before you could think, oh, it's self-defense and he's ex-military. Of course, he, you know, of of course, he's going to fight back. And yeah, of course, that's still scary because, you know, you have Alex and, and Rocky are still in there. But, you know, you know, you in your head, you're like, ah, but they'll they can get out because he doesn't know that they're there. And like, he's probably not worried about it anymore. Um, But knowing that there's this extra layer, you're like, oh, no, he's dangerous. Like he is (laughs) fucking dangerous. And he has a secret, a horrible secret that he will probably do anything to protect. And somebody's feet stink because he smells the shoes (laughs) from a mile away. I was like, oop, whose feet? (laughs) Whose feet stink up their shoes? He smells those shoes. It has to be
2: money. Three rooms. To get, it has to be it's money.
1: It's money. Guaranteed. I know that shit stinks. <laughs> and, and he, he it all the way from the living room. So now he knows they're in there. But this is another moment too where you see that the character of Rocky is, is a hard character. She's a hard character to like. And, but you don't hate her. Like, I don't, I don't fault her for wanting the money, but she allows the money to affect, you know, her logical thinking and to impact the choices that she makes. And I, I I feel like it's, it's one of those things where it's frustrating. Mm-hmm. But I mean, it's meant to be that way. She's not She like I. she's also meant to be a morally gray character.
2: Right. And I hear you. And I hear where you're coming from because when she because she gets the code and then she steals the money regardless. Right. And when that moment happened, I also was like, girl, you got bigger things to worry about right now. Mm. But sympathizing with the character a little bit, it's like you just watch your boyfriend get shot by this man you've already lost somebody you're already in here and you have the code to the safe i gotta be honest i get why she did it like i get why she grabbed all
1: the money dog all of it because like they find out that there's probably a million there right and Mm -hmm. and he checks the safe after she steals from it and that's another thing is he realizes all the money is gone Mm -hmm. and so because now she has all the money they can't call she won't allow Alex to call the police because she mm-hmm. doesn't want to give the money away and because
2: it's like she goes back to her normal life though like and then she goes back to her normal life now with the guilt of money being dead as well but I think that we've got a character here who is past the point of no return in terms of like this job I think right Where right it's like she's just like yeah I'm gonna take all the fucking money like and, and granted, he probably would have noticed had she only taken a few things of it anyway, because he seems to be the kind of character that is that laser focused on this house. Like he mm-hmm. knows every inch and corner of everything in this house. So he probably would have noticed regardless. But yeah, it does set them up yeah, for a fucked situation. It
1: fucks them up. Yeah, because now she doesn't want the police involved. So now it's completely up to her and Alex. To get out of the situation because alex says yo let's go and we'll get the police to come back and and get her out of here and get her out. but yeah. she doesn't she doesn't want the police to get involved at all and i'm like you know i get you want that money but girl your life like what it's... about that life though yeah. <laughs> like yeah. do you want that because i don't i don't know <laughs> if you do but um this this sets up uh some great like this from this moment to this moment on i do really enjoy all of these sequences of them getting caught up in these like cat and mouse games with him uh particularly the basement sequence where oh yeah
2: best best it's it's great first of all
1: norman uh achievement unlocked infinite ammo i'm not i'm not a (laughs) gun person but i felt like that gun had a lot of bullets in it. Maybe that probably True. is accurate. I don't see how they could not notice if that was too many bullets, but whoosh, sheesh just felt like it <laughs> felt like he was firing for a long time.
2: Yes, he was, but damn it. Like there are there are some attentions to detail where I would be hard pressed to think that they didn't think about how many bullets he I'm shot. Sure,
1: yeah, I'm sure it's accurate.
2: I did really love the fact that he was still a blind man shooting a gun. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like he was ex-military. He was very clearly trained to handle weaponry and close quarters combat. We've seen all this, but I love the fact that he was a bad shot because he literally can't fucking see. He has a general idea of where people are due to his high senses, but the fact of the matter is a lot of the times it's kind of like him shooting and trying to hit them. Right. Um which I, I I love that they did that because it would have been very distracting if he was not only supersonic hearing and smelling, but he was also fucking Hawkeye. Yeah, like despite he's, having eyes, you know. Yeah,
1: because I'm glad they didn't make him Daredevil because they really <laughs> could have gone down that path where he's like superhumanly good at all of his other senses to compensate, but I think they did it in a realistic way where, like...
2: Very, yeah. This is,
1: this is his house. He knows yeah. he knows the layout of his house. Of course, his hearing is going to be, like, pretty attuned and acute. So, yeah, he, he hears things, and he's very aware of the direction that things are coming from, and he's strong because of his training. But he's not, you know... For the most part, he, you know, you do have some instances where he pops up in the perfect place and it's like, uh, it's just a horror thing. You can't Mm -hmm. get rid of that. But for the most part, yeah, when he's aiming, he's aiming in the general direction. He gets lucky every once in a while or unlucky in the case of accidentally killing. I think her name is Cindy. But yeah, he just kind of shoots where he hears the noise. And so then you have this scene where they're downstairs and rather than do night vision, which wouldn't have really made sense. They do kind of this like faded, this faded quality to the camera. So it's like almost night vision, but not. So the audience can see what's going on because he's turned the lights off to kind of put them on evil playing, even playing field.
2: Him turning those lights off was the scariest fucking thing I've seen in a long time. Yeah. Um, just because they built it up so well, so goddamn well, because we've seen this this dude operate with, we've seen this guy operate being blind, but with people who have vision and still outsmarting them. The moment he hits those lights and it's like you're in my world now, bitch. Ah, fool. I I already was saying prayers for both these characters <laughs> because they. It's very clear it is pitch black down there. They can't fucking see. And the fact mm. that they were able to shoot that, because homies, shooting low light is already one of the hardest fucking things that you can do. To shoot low light darkness and make it look like darkness but still be able to see is fucking leaps and bounds more difficult than just shooting during the day. So yeah. the fact that they even pulled that scene off was fucking Awesome
1: I guess when they shot that well because for the may uh, the actor that plays norman He wore obviously contacts for the whole thing, which took away like 70% of his vision
2: mm-hmm. So
1: he had a hard time seeing anyway with them in but for this scene or for this scene They also put Dylan and Jane in contacts so that their pupils would be dilated mm. and I guess it also uh, kind of obscured their vision so yeah. Basically, all of them couldn't see while they were filming this, which, I mean, only adds to the, adds to the
2: Yeah, it adds to them, and they all played it super well. I love the little insert shots that we have of Norman, like, touching little parts of the basement so that we can see how he navigates it, where we have, we have Alex and Rocky are, clearly, they don't know where they're going, and they're just, like, grasping for straws, trying to get out, where Norman, very efficient in how he's traveling through the basement he touches something he knows where he is in the basement he touches another thing he knows exactly where he is in the basement it's watching the difference in how they navigate that is makes it so tense so Mm -hmm. goddamn tense because you know he's gonna find them before they find him like you just know
1: i love this whole scene honestly if i was them i would have just been like yeah i live here now yeah like i would have just had to find a corner curled in there and i be like i just i have to live here now i can't this is it for me um but they, but they, they just
2: persevered. merely adopted the dark he was you know born in it right i'm not gonna do the oh thing. oh my gosh
1: <laughs> anyway <laughs> <laughs> um so then after that it's a lot of obviously they are still trying to just get out because he has this place this place is like fort knox you can't You cannot escape. You can't get in. You can't leave. (laughs) And And he also
2: covers his tracks well, too, which makes it even more stressful because anytime they almost get out, he stops them. And then when they have to leave, he makes sure to take the time to close off that exit again. So it's like Mm -hmm. every time you're like almost there, it's like one step forward, two steps back every single time.
1: Yeah. And this is the moment when I was like, okay, Alex, because Alex is Doing it to it, like he really is doing his best, <laughs> mm-hmm. and he's getting the shit kicked out of him. But I have to give it up to him because he is like really. And the thing about it is he didn't even have to be there. Like he was gone. He yep. left, and he came back because he likes Rocky or whatever because mm-hmm. he cares about her. But yeah i'm gonna
2: tell you too many of these horror dudes just need to take a hint and perhaps find somebody else because they get pulled up into these situations where it's like my man's you also could i i i commend you for going back but you you had your whole life ahead of you
1: yeah like that's very sweet of you for going back ah man yeah and it's hard to know because we don't know how long they've been friends like we don't mm-hmm. really know. I mean, you their... get the
2: impression it's been a while. Oh, but... a while,
1: probably within the last couple of years, because it's a, they haven't been childhood friends because he doesn't know about her childhood. But mm-hmm. yeah, definitely within the la- at least a couple of years, they probably since high school they've known each other. Mm-hmm. Um, but can we talk about the dog in the air shaft? Oof.
2: Oof. Okay, so actually it's funny that you bring that up because I have two feelings about the dog. When the dog originally popped up, that also scared the fuck out of me. Another one of the moments where this movie terrified me several times. Mm -hmm. I just wasn't expecting things to happen. I knew the dog was going to be a problem later just because of foreshadowing. But when it was going to be a problem caught me completely off guard um the dog was absolutely terrifying the entire time but damn it it seemed like he was smiling when he was in those vents
1: he was having a blast
2: right okay i I didn't just imagine that i didn't just imagine that (laughs) because yeah he was it was the most intimidating dog every other scene yeah but when he was going down the shafts they must have had like the tastiest steak on the other side of that because my man's was smiling having a great time crawling through them vents
1: yeah they had like a t-bone steak at the end of the vent or something because he was running for his life and so happy to get, be going through the fence <laughs> every other time we see him he's very cujo, particularly like the car scenes when he's jumping up on the car like mm-hmm. that's the level of attack dog we're getting uh Mm -hmm. this gave me very much like the sand lot like you know the dog (laughs) from there and they're like and how he can just hercules i think is the dog in that one how he Mm -hmm. like can just like run through all of these things happening and jump over high things and somehow be okay that's what this felt like how did that dog the way that he jumped from the table to the dresser into the air shaft It's a little too, it was a little bit too convenient (laughs) for me, for him to be in that air shaft.
2: Okay, yes, I don't disagree with you, but here's the thing is because we got the shot of the smiley dog, we know that that dog (laughs) did fit within that, however small of a space it was. So it's like whether or not we believe that dog can do it is one thing. The dog did do it though. Allegedly. They got got the shit off Allegedly. Alleg- Allegedly, maybe, they, maybe that might have been movie the, magic. Maybe we got to see the behind the scenes. <laughs> yeah. Maybe I'm wrong about that. I want to see know. the I just dog trainer. It was a very athletic dog. I just That's know that dog
1: trainer was like here, here, and like <laughs> pointing at the face, <laughs> and then they cut, and all of a sudden the dog was in the air shaft. It's fine though. It's a cool little. I mean, it's 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 silly, but I'm just glad that I'm just glad the dog had a good time. From what I can tell, <laughs> I'm just glad he had a good time.
2: Uh, <laughs> but it, it's it's good that we had the dog though, because perhaps if we had just been with Norman the entire time, the we the uh the cat and mouse game could have potentially gotten a little stale over time mm-hmm. because by the time we do get to the dog, Norman's done a lot. You know he's done a lot of his jump scares he's he's done the popping up thing and all that so we've already done all that stuff mm-hmm. so we couldn't do it for the entire rest of the movie i don't think right. so having the dog be that extra layer of just pressure and like you know come on we're just trying to leave mm-hmm. i think was a good step by them and a good choice
1: yeah yeah it's, it's good and i and i do love the moments of i prefer the moments between norman and alex i love their tug of war mm-hmm. especially when alex is finally outside but is unconscious and is laying on cracking glass mm-hmm. is just a such a great scene yeah. and i love like I, that's another one of my favorite moments is when he is on the glass and then my head you're and you're thinking oh my god yes wake up roll off the glass you're outside and
2: no Nope.
1: He, nobody... That's the nobody
2: every every time it's like they get a little bit farther and a little bit closer to getting out and then something happens you're like "Fuck, we're back in here again
1: yeah yeah norman he was like i can't you can't be happy not today so <laughs> <laughs> but um basically it all comes down to we think that alex gets killed which is a cool fake out i do like that reveal um, yeah, I,
2: they got me on that one. I genuinely thought Alex was dead. Mm-hmm. I really did. I really That's did. That's what I
1: mean. My boy Alex, he can't lose until he does. <laughs> but at first, <laughs> at first he's killing him. Um, but we kind of get a little. So when we get more of Norman's backstory, like Norman is a creep and he's grown Like he is the uh, to me, I still think he's the villain of this movie. Like, don't get me wrong. Sorry for your loss, but. I still consider him the villain of this movie. I still think that it's nice. He's like Jigsaw, right? Like mm-hmm. through tragedy, he has become this <laughs> this <laughs> villain. And yeah, you can say, oh, well, X, Y, and Z led him here. But he's still here with a turkey baser full of semen. And I don't True. like that
2: true it's so like it's so yeah I, I hated all of that <laughs> but it was it was an interesting character choice too um, because at this point we finally get to hear him speak which made him scarier yeah his voice
1: is not at all what I was expecting
2: it- his voice is not what you expect and it is far far more intimidating than I was ready for I was like oh my god oh shit I don't want to be caught by him
0: <laughs> uh, I wanted her to pay. I understand that. I won't tell anyone. You understand nothing. Only a parent can know the bond between a father and his child. She should have gone to prison, but rich girls don't go to jail.
2: I do this is going to bring your daughter back. That's not really true. But then he's like, you know, we get his backstory, like you said, and he's essentially like, so woman killed his daughter. So he captured said woman, um, impregnated her to give him a new kid. And then was planning on letting her go after she had the kids. That's all he wanted. He was like, you took my daughter away from me, so give me a new one, and then we're square. That's, like, his twisted way of thinking about it, right? Um, but Yuck. the fact that he was, like, very adamant about the fact that he's like, no, I'm not, I never forced myself on them or on her like i'm not gonna do that but you are gonna have my kid it's like he's still doing a fucked up terrible thing
1: yeah
0: but
2: he still, still got this weird moral fucking line yeah there.
1: for him yeah and it's exactly that it's like well i well i technically i didn't kill him like that jigsaw logic where mm-hmm. he's like well technically i didn't like no 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 no, you, like you're, you're, you're warming up. Make... You're warming
2: up the cum in the in the oven. Like in we the, see that shit in happening. the
1: cup, my guy. The pubes are still in there. Oh, oh. it was too
2: realistic. It was it's too realistic. too
1: real. <laughs> yeah, I was like, you've gone too. You are, you gone too far. Like. <laughs> this is too much what happened to you didn't you didn't want to dating was out of the question like you couldn't surrogacy none of this was appealing to you so yeah he is first like he is the villain but it's one of those things where um now he's trying to do this to um rocky right like Mm -hmm. he's trying to to impregnate rocky and she's she has now he's like well you have to atone for what you did and i'm like you shot her uh, whatever but like, <laughs> <laughs> like you were the one who pulled the trigger though um so he's trying to do it to rocky who at this point in time also has she doesn't know if alex is alive or not mm-hmm. but he comes back alex you know saves rocky he beats norman up and they cha- like they what are those called handcuff handcuff I was gonna, I wanted to call them chainsaws, they <laughs> handcuff him to his little captive area, and Rocky sticks the semen, the turkey baster in his mouth,
2: yeah, that part uh, it was <laughs> it was both so fucking disgusting, but like also a nice relief that he had to, because he was about to do some terrible fucking shit to Rocky. Yeah. right? So the fact that he gets that shit shoved right into his throat, you're like, I audibly gagged when it happened. but I was like, also, yeah, fuck you, dude.
1: Yeah. Like, fuck you. Like an actual yeah.
2: taste of your own medicine, which in this case is your semen. So yeah, bottoms
1: up. You dick. <laughs> so then, oh, and so also I wanted to say, uh, though, the sequences where he's fighting with people. So when he got into the fight with Rocky earlier and then when she wakes up, the makeup that they did on her. So is good. Wonderful. So fucking good. It um, looks amazing. The bruising on her face.
2: The like, attention to the detail, attention detail on that was so detail.
1: good. I Yeah, because there's nothing worse than when someone gets hurt in a movie and they don't look like they're hurt
2: and we'll catch up on their chin
1: yeah it's like oops i gotta cut like what about all those 15 punches you received you mm-hmm. know but she looks like she has been punched in the face and, and then she has like the marks on her neck where he was choking her oh i gotta give it to um <laughs> so yeah i just wanted to say that because i did really like the makeup looks uh, looks great on her here but this is where this is where i get frustrated
2: Mm -hmm. because i i I understand i do understand but keep going
1: we've had some great sequences leading up right like i've been in it since they got to the house and all this stuff i've been loving it alex is back cool whatever so something's gotta give i mean alex gets killed like two seconds later Mm -hmm. which okay whatever like They brought him back to save Rocky and then he dies. Cool. That's fine. But this is where I get frustrated. Like, of course, he was going to get free. Of course, he didn't mean it when. Oh, and this is one other thing I forgot to mention that I do appreciate this aspect of it is this is another moral conundrum that Alex presents Rocky with because now that Rocky has was about to be assaulted by this guy and she knows what the other girl went through and she knows what this guy is capable of. She wants to put him in jail, but Alex says, if you put him in jail, you got to give them the money. We can't keep the money. But the guy says, oh, well, just take the money and leave and don't tell anybody about what happened. Mm -hmm. And so that's something that she has to decide for herself. And she decides she wants to take the money.
2: Yeah, which again, going back to what we were saying before, best idea who's to say but do i understand why she feels that way i do
1: yeah it's her choice to make that's the thing about it right is of i can say oh i would never make that decision but that's me like i'm not rocky i'm not in i didn't live the life that we learned that rocky lived so it's not my right to say what she should have done and that just like alex like Alex wasn't the one strung up there about to have that happen to him so he gives Rocky the choice Mm -hmm. he's like it's it's really up to you like I'll stand by you which is such a nice thing and I'm and I'm like Alex you're the best I hate that you have to die but yeah I
2: really I really had to die to see him die like even the first time when he died I was like oh man I actually really liked Alex Hmm. and then he dies again. You're like,
0: oh, fuck. I, I yeah. did really
2: like Alex. It despite sucks. the fact that he does rob people for a living. He um,
1: does. But it's for love.
2: But it's for <laughs> love.
1: Um, hi, Erica. Popping in for a little musical moment shout out. Um, So that after that plays Alex in this movie, Dylan Minnette, is in this band called The Wallows. And <laughs> their song, they have the song called Are You Bored Yet? certified banger it's it hits in the way i need it to hit and i just wanted to shout that out because maybe some of you homies would also like that song and yeah just thought worth the check out so check out the wallows um if you would like to further support uh sweet baby alex okay
2: also real quick with the with the decision to I don't know about you, but I've also never held a million dollars in my hands, and I got to assume that that has some effect on your psyche and your decision making um, to have that quantity of money in your in your possession.
0: <laughs>
2: not to say uh this isn't me on record being like I would do anything for a million dollars. I'm just saying that I know my thinking would not be normal if there were a million dollars in my hand. I, let I will me, openly
1: admit that. Let me tell you something. If we have a break into somebody's house and we find <laughs> out that the owner of that home is basically Rambo, um I'm not coming back for you. I'm leaving. I'm doing what Alex couldn't. I'm leaving. I'm getting out of the state probably and Mm -hmm. I'm calling the police. I'll call the police for you, but
2: it's up to you. I understand. I understand. Again, I don't know the choice I would make. I just know that my decision making would be slightly different in the position that uh, Rocky was in. But
1: (laughs) right, right. right. Um, But yeah, so this is where I get kind of bummed because
2: Mm -hmm we're out of the house
1: now we're out of the house but also i'm kind of over it like yeah i when he popped back up i was like for fuck's sake like (laughs) really he kept he he's there already and okay alex is dead that's fine but yeah i'm over it and then he he follows her out on the street and we have this whole chase with the dog Mm -hmm. and then we get these callbacks which didn't did nothing for me. I really the callbacks were killing me because first we have this callback to the trunk Mm -hmm. where she says, you know, oh, my mom used to lock me in the trunk. And uh, she has this moment where she like, remembers that and locks the dog in the trunk. And then we have this other callback with the ladybug, mm-hmm. and it's just too much for me. Like, and and yeah, the dog's like chasing her down the street, and she beats the dog, and then, and then he's there. Mm-hmm. He's he's there. He runs up on her real fast, and then he drags her back into the house because well, he's
2: Batman, you know.
1: <laughs> yeah, see, this is when he starts to become a little, a little like. Invincible for this is when he's like I have a particular set of skills And (laughs) And I'm like, "Eh." so yeah, then he drags her back to the house and then She then she fights back again And then we have this moment where you think that he's gonna shoot her and then he does you know, it's like, okay uh, uh, Like it's too much. We need to wrap this up. I've seen this in this movie already better It was done better earlier and now it's taking too long, was how you know, I felt.
2: I Yeah, I hear you. And I kind of had a feeling, like, as we're getting to this portion, that this would be one that um, w- would aid in the confusion about this film. And I, I I feel like I agree with you, where they may have been better off just never leaving the house, um, because even the, clim- the climax that we get with her using the security system to disorient him and fighting back She very well could have just done that after Alex died and then Mm -hmm. just grabbed the remote and we could have just skipped all of the dog chase sequence and just cut all of that stuff out. I think had we done that, it may have kept things more contained. Um, But, you know, that's, again, where you run that risk of that first shot is like, we need to have that shot make sense now that we've got that in the beginning of the movie, right? So she does have to leave the house because of that. And it's like one of those things where even though it is fun in the beginning because it kind of establishes the world and the vibe that you're going to get later on, it actually kind of bogged it down because that's a portion of the movie that I think was a little unnecessary, a little gratuitous, um, because we'd already kind of done everything that we needed to do. I, 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 I do feel like we should have stayed in the house. For the entire length of the conflict
1: yeah and and i don't know you know there's a couple different ways that i'm sure they could have remedied that because it's one of those things in horror movies too that is a kind of a trope at this point where oh you've 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 escaped and then it's like nope no you haven't right Mm -hmm. like that gotcha moment and at this point in time it's hard to do well and I do it's hard for me because I do love like the very very end of this movie I really I like and mm-hmm. I appreciate yeah Um, because it continues that whole moral like battle uh, theme that they've had going on and I do love that and I get that they were trying to get there but This last 15 minutes just is not my favorite uh, at all.
2: (laughs) No, I think that's that's fair. And we also have to take into account, too, that we are watching this post the announcement of there being a sequel to this movie, too, which did affect my viewing of the ending. I'm not going to lie. Oh, really? Because I knew that there was going to be a continuation of this film. So that regardless of I hadn't seen the trailer or anything before watching this movie but the things that i knew were that a he was going to survive Mm -hmm. um and b that there's going to be story post this movie and so i think towards the end especially after she like leaves the house and stuff i was thinking to myself okay how are they going to tie this up so that they get an entire second movie out of this i was definitely thinking that towards the end um and honestly in that regard i thought they did a decent job dog chasing scene aside i do think that whole portion that sequence was my least favorite and i probably could have done without um but i do understand that they also had to kind of get rid of the dog like they had to make the dog no longer a problem Mm. though there i'm sure there are different ways they could have done that Mm. um and but, I'm glad
1: they didn't kill the dog. Don't yeah. get me wrong, guys. I'm yeah. glad the dog didn't die. I just, uh, We're always team like, winning. kill the
2: people, not the animals. Right,
1: either. right, right. Yeah. Kill Norman for sure. I believe the dog.
2: Granted, I definitely was like, this man should be dead after falling that far and then getting shot in the side. I was like, he should be dead. Um, I was okay with him still being alive. Um,
1: yeah. yeah. I, I, I really like him still being alive. I will, like, because I love this idea of the whole time. Alex has been saying this is what we can do like we can use this alarm and Rocky has been pushing against it because she wanted the money right Mm -hmm. And now in this moment she's willing to fight for her life and she uses it but then she wins but the police are still coming and I like that moment where you're thinking okay but now like what is she gonna do and she decides to bail anyways Mm -hmm. and so then you see it later on the TV and because of this decision that she made, because she decided to leave and keep the money, Norman is now the hero of this situation. He Mm -hmm. is the brave person who fought off these thieves and Mm -hmm. managed to survive and tell the tale. And he probably will do this again to people. And that's just a choice she's gonna have to live with. Like, you know, she got a better life for herself and for her sister, but she allowed this guy this creep to be able to live and which uh, you know she didn't know that she thought he was dead but now that he's still alive she has allowed him to potentially hurt other people in the future and that's just a choice that she's gonna have to live with but so I loved that like that Mm -hmm. the ending I can't think of a better ending personally do I think it needs a sequel ah no but (laughs) you know Mm -hmm. that's just me personally
2: that's fair that's fair and yeah like the whole notion that he doesn't say anything about the money or anything um Mm -hmm. kind of and it, it it kind of leaves you with some stuff to think about too is like the just the why you know like granted you can make your own inference on why he doesn't say it like he doesn't want them to find out about the girl yada yada like all this stuff like there could be a lot of reasons but there's still the fact of the matter is is like he did not talk he did not rat her out he did not say that there was another person so it's kind of like why and you don't necessarily get the concrete answer to that by the end of the movie which I like I, right. I, I, I you've talked about it several times about liking when a movie like lets you make up your own inferences towards the end And I think that was a nice one to allow the audience for this movie to decide for themselves. Mm-hmm.
1: I also wonder how he explained the girl, right. in right? Basement that still had duct tape on her face. And oh
2: mm-hmm. well, no, no, because she's no. He put her in the in the tiles. Oh remember? shit! That's right. Yeah, he didn't put her gone. in the
1: tiles. He did. Damn. Yeah, that's right. I forgot that happened. Yeah, he
2: efficient.
1: <laughs> yeah, he really did. He said, "Let me. I, I know I'm in the middle of a chase, but." I'm going to have to put a pause on this and get rid of this body. <laughs> um, but yeah, so that is the movie. Like we said, there is a sequel coming out and it looks like they're taking it into a totally unconnected story and unconnected direction as far as it doesn't seem like Rocky's story
2: it's no, it doesn't seem like they're bringing
1: her back at all. Mm-hmm. Um, so that should be interesting. But yeah, like I said, I don't think that this movie necessarily needed a sequel. Um, and I I wonder how they will make it where they ju- the sequences are just as interesting without being the same thing that we've seen and I also wonder how they will take Norman's character because you know part of the cool thing about this movie is that switch of thinking he is a good guy Mm -hmm. and then realizing just how dangerous he is you're going into the sequel knowing how dangerous he is so where can you go from there like what happens next
2: I did, after finishing this movie, watch the trailer, finally, for the new one. Mm -hmm. And the two things I thought to myself were I like that they've taken this character who was the villain again, in quotations, because everybody's a little bad in their own way. Um, But now he's definitely set up to be more of the hero in the second one, where like the people that he's up, the forces he's up against, seem to be far more nefarious than our group that we had in this movie. And then two, he's also got this girl with him, whichever direction they go, will definitely affect how I view the character. Yeah, you know what I mean? Because if it's like a situation where he just grabbed another girl and then made himself another daughter, then he becomes like irredeemable. Um, But if this is more just like the who he was before R three decided to rob him, that might be interesting to see.
1: Yeah. Well, and it's one of those things like I don't get me wrong. I love an anti like an antihero story, mm-hmm. but it's it, it's hard for me because I already feel like to me, Norman is already irredeemable. Like I'm never going to be rooting for him. I will root Yeah, it was the
2: turkey baster. Let's be real.
1: <laughs> you can't be based in people. You can't be based in people. I'm done with you. I'm done. Like we're it's fucking a wrap, dude. Like. Any relationship you could have hoped to have with me is done. But of course, if this there's this innocent girl involved, that's where the the like care comes in, right? Like that's the character I'm sure we will be caring about. And if he's protecting her, then we're going to want him to win. So I'm interested to see who these people are that are trying to come in and you know fight with him because we know it's all about her we just don't know Mm -hmm. why and so that that's the thing that i'm interested in seeing but yeah
2: so we'll see um, and also after quiet place 2 my perception of sequels has changed a little bit normally i'm always like oh fuck you're making a sequel out of a quote-unquote good movie i'm scared but quiet place 2 kind of changed my uh it changed me
1: a change, I'm a, I'm a changed man. I'm a little man. bit more
2: optimistic going mm. into sequels these days.
1: It was and so that comes out August 13th is when mm-hmm. that will be coming out. So that's yeah. this week. Yes, so, it is. Yeah, might have to, yeah. might have to discuss that one in the future if you guys would like us to. But we gotta rate this. We gotta rate this bad boy, and yeah. I feel like we should. Should we rate it out of turkey basters?
2: I was gonna say I don't think we have a choice. I think that's the only thing we Ugh, can rate this. Unfortunately,
1: one out. <laughs> we don't have a choice. <laughs> um, but I will request for you to go first because honestly, I'm still trying to work out my rating.
2: That's cool. That's cool. Um I think for me, I would actually rate this one four point you know, i say, honestly, four and a half turkey basers. Wow. Like, four turkey basers and a half full one. No <laughs> Just for that God. mental
1: imagery. Uh, yuck.
2: <laughs> um, I really, I really like this movie a lot. Uh, I was, I like the twist on the typical uh, home invasion story. I do think it was a, it was a nice, refreshing take on that uh, specific uh, situation. I thought all the characters, maybe minus money, maybe we could have used a little bit more character development with him. But I think all the all the characters had so many different layers that you had to digest and like make your own moral decisions about throughout the film that kept me very captivated. Um, it was shot really well. Stephen Lang did a fantastic job as the blind man. It, it goes without saying that performance was spectacular um but so was so was the performance of rocky and alex they both did a really good job and they kept me on the edge of my seat the whole time so yeah i i really enjoyed this one i'll give it a four and a half turkey basers and i'm excited for the sequel quite frankly
1: nice Alrighty, homies um this might change in the future after i sit on this a little bit but at the moment i think i'm gonna give this a 3.5 turkey basters okay okay i yeah it's just so weird like i i think what it is is for me this movie is a meh beginning mm-hmm. a very strong middle and then mm-hmm. a letdown end section for me Okay. And there's so many peaks and valleys in this movie for me. And so I'm having a hard time rating it higher because I don't know if I will rewatch this movie just because in the future, um, right. because I like it, but I don't like it enough where I feel like I would just sit down and watch it just like for fun. Um, okay. But I will say. The scares and the tension that they are able to achieve in this movie, I think, is fantastic. It has some awesome chase sequences, which is something to be there's something to be said about being able to effectively have some like great chase sequences in a house because it's a house like there's only so much you can do but i really feel like they utilized the space i feel like they really made sense of why these characters would have to go in certain directions and why they would have to do certain things and i do like the way that the everything once we know the secret and them trying to escape i love all of the way that that unfolds um mm-hmm. so yeah i i have to give it its props for that but yeah 3.3.5 <laughs> turkey bases is what is what my heart is telling me yeah go, but
2: go with your heart like honestly it i think had it not been for the sequence that we talked about with the going outside in the dog sequence i probably would have rated it, like close to a five myself mm-hmm. um but that part did uh, take away from it a little mm-hmm. bit. And then hearing you say it took you out as well was like, okay, okay. I wasn't the only <laughs> one thinking that. Yeah.
1: So, yeah, that's where I'm at at the moment. Um, I did also want to recommend if any of you homies uh, like enjoyed this story and thought it was interesting and would be and would like to watch something similarly, um, I will recommend two movies. I will recommend Wait Until Dark, which is a movie starring Audrey Hepburn audrey hepburn where she is a blind woman and it's kind of like the opposite of this movie is there are people breaking into her house and she is like she you know she is just a regular woman so she is <laughs> by no means is she able to fight back against them in the way that this guy is and also she's like she's not a bad person or anything it's just people breaking into her house and she's blind and it's a really great movie and then also i'll recommend the collector because if you want to mm-hmm. watch another movie about a person breaking into a house and everything going terribly wrong i don't know i just think the collector is a fun movie
2: yeah um, that's a super yeah. fun i think you actually recommended me that back in college mm-hmm. that's when i started watching that uh series i was like oh these are good
1: yeah uh, so I'd yeah like definitely
2: them. take take erica up on that one if you haven't seen the collector that's a that's a dope fucking movie
1: um, but yeah, other than that, that is going to round us up for not only Don't Breathe, but also for our summer,
0: Travaganza. summer
1: Travaganza. Um, So we'll, we'll probably be moving into some more fall movies um, after this, possibly, because we've got, and then also, of course, we've got some very exciting movies coming out fairly soon that we are very excited to talk about. But if you guys have any requests or recommendations um, that you would like us to take a look at in the future please reach out to us through our social media we are homies of horror on everything or if you prefer, you can always email us. You can also email us business inquiries. Uh, we are homies of horror at gmail.com. Also, let us know if you would like us to talk about Don't Breathe, too. Um, because if we have enough people who are interested, we would love to. Um, and if you would like to you can join our discord we have a discord now uh, where we talk more in depth about movies we post horror news announcements etc etc out in there and we just talk to the homies so if you'd like to join our discord our link for that is in our social media Uh, we have a link to that and we also links you to all of our different accounts Uh, so you can find us through there And we always announce when we're going live on Twitch, on Discord, so it all works out. Come hang out with us on Twitch. We stream every single Monday night. We do a homies, a homies hangout where we play some spooky games. And then we usually go more in depth about the movie that we talked about that week. Mm -hmm. So please, if you haven't yet, come check us out on Twitch. Give us a follow if you'd like. Uh, We would love to see you guys there.
2: And also a quick shout out to everybody who showed up for our 10k slash one year celebration this weekend. We appreciate everybody who stopped by, who said hello, Mm -hmm. who watched movies with us. We had a great time and it wouldn't have been the same without you homies. So thank you guys. Thank you guys so
1: much. Uh, Here's two more watch parties in the future, hopefully. And seriously, thanks for coming out. We had a blast. We hope you had a blast as well. Um, But last last but not least if you guys are so inclined we would love it if you would go onto to apple Podcasts and leave us a rating or a review we always appreciate it we love to hear from the homies about what you're thinking about the show and also the more reviews and ratings we get the more future homies may stumble upon our podcast so if you have an apple podcast account and don't mind we would love it if you would do that but That's it for us. Uh, Thank you guys again for hanging out. We hope you have a great rest of your week and we'll see you next Monday.
2: Catch you later, homies.
1: Um, Bye.